That was some good singing tonight. Even though we were few in number, we sung out. That was great. All right. If you want to turn to Philemon. It's a short little book. A very short little book. But uh, you can find it after First and Second Timothy and Titus. So if you find one T, they're all together. If you, if you go to the end of them, there is Philemon right between Titus and Hebrews. And so uh, it's kind of hard to find because in most of your Bibles, it's only about one page long, uh, probably a half a page, depending on how big the print is. It's a short book, not the shortest book in the New Testament, but a very short book. I love the book of Philemon. I've been wanting to preach... Uh, in the book of Philemon for a long time. I just was waiting for the right time. And uh, this was a good time because if you are reading through the New Testament in a year, then you would have just uh, finished Philemon uh, yesterday. Uh, Philemon uh, is, is a book that's a little different than some of Paul's books because he's not necessarily uh, preaching the gospel in the same way uh, that we see Paul preaching and teaching in some of the other books. This letter is, is written for a pretty specific situation that's going on. It's written uh, to Philemon in particular, but, but to some of these other people too probably that are mentioned here. Uh, but it's meant to be to this individual Philemon who, well, we'll see what it's about. So let's pray and then we'll dig in. Father God, I pray that you be with me tonight as I preach and teach this word. I pray that you give me the words to say that are from you. I pray that you help me to, to do a good job and not to ramble on. But God, I pray that you would just help me to, uh, to, to bring out your word so that you would be glorified in this place and it would uplift us, dear Lord. It would teach us. It would help us in our lives, dear Lord, with situations that we may encounter. Whatever it may be, dear Lord, let your word speak into our heart tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, we're going to read the whole book. I know that's hard to, hard to believe, but we're going to attempt to go through a whole book of the Bible tonight. Starting in verse 1. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and co-worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I always thank my God when I mention you in my prayers because I hear of your love and faith toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. I pray that your participation in the faith may become effective through knowing every good thing that is in us for the glory of Christ. For I have great joy and encouragement from your love, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you, brother. For this reason, although I have great boldness in Christ to command you to do what is right, I appeal to you instead on the basis of love. I, Paul, as an elderly man and now also as a prisoner of Christ Jesus, appeal to you for my son, Onesimus, I fathered him while I was in chains. Once he was useless to you, but now he is useful both to you and to me. I am sending him back to you as a part of myself. I wanted to keep him with me so that in my imprisonment for the gospel he might serve me in your place. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent 
so that your good deed might not be out of obligation, but of your own free will. For perhaps this is why he was separated from you for a brief time, so that you might get him back permanently, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a dearly loved brother. He is especially so to me, but even more to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, accept him as you would me. And if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it, not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self. Yes, brother, may I have joy from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ, since I am confident of your obedience. I am writing to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. But meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me, for I hope that through your prayers I will be restored to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my co-workers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Now, this is a, an interesting book, and we kind of have to piece together some details of exactly uh, what is going on here in the book of Philemon. Now, we know that Paul, Paul holds Philemon and these others who are with them, this house church that they have, in very, in very high esteem. He respects them, and he acknowledges the good work that they do for the Lord. So Philemon and these others that are mentioned here at the beginning of the book are doing God's work. There are people that Paul has a good relationship with that he has encountered, and it seems as though Paul has led them to Jesus Christ. But there is an issue that is at hand here. That issue deals with someone by the name of Onesimus. Now, some of these names that we read here in Philemon, actually quite a few of them, you would have read in uh, Colossians, which is the last book we finished. Uh, the day before in Colossians chapter 4, you would have heard many of these same names that Paul is talking about. All of these people that we see here in Philemon are people who are doing the work of God alongside Paul. They are helping him out. They are worshiping the Lord in their own community. Some of them uh, Paul is using and sending out here and there to accomplish the work. But there is an issue that is at hand, and the issue has to do with uh, Onesimus. Now, we see from the text that Onesimus was a slave to Philemon. And in some way, Philemon, uh, Onesimus had done Philemon wrong. The text doesn't tell us what he has done, but we know that something has happened between Onesimus and Philemon. And Onesimus has left Philemon obviously owing him something uh, in some way, shape, or form because Paul says that he will pay that back on his account. So whatever Onesimus did to Philemon, he wronged him in some way. But after wronging Philemon, obviously Onesimus had come to Jesus Christ. Perhaps he had encountered Paul somewhere, maybe in prison or maybe through uh, some of Paul's other preachings, but there had been a change in Philemon's life, and now Philemon was, or Onesimus, excuse me, there had been a change in Onesimus' life, and now Onesimus was doing the work of the Lord. He was right beside Paul. He was one of the ones that Paul was using to carry out the ministry. We see that mentioned again at the end of Colossians uh, in chapter 4, that he is one of those mentioned who is doing the work of the Lord. Now, Paul wants to continue to use Onesimus because he is doing a good job. 
but there is a problem. Paul knows Philemon, and now Paul knows that Onesimus is a slave of Philemon, and so he knows that this needs to be addressed. And that is why he is writing this letter, to point out to Philemon what is going on. So he writes to him, and he knows that Philemon should let Onesimus go, that it would be right for Philemon to let Onesimus go, and that's exactly what he should do. But Paul appeals to Philemon out of love and not out of, uh, out, of, out of a command as we see here in the text. He says in verse 8, For this reason, although I have great boldness in Christ to command you to do what is right, I appeal to you instead on the basis of love. So Paul knew that it was right for Philemon to let Onesimus go, to free him from whatever debt it was and to free him, most importantly, from being a slave. And Paul could have sent him a letter and said, Look, I've got your old slave here. He's turned to the Lord, and that's it. You've got to let him go, and you've got to drop everything that he's done, whatever it may be. But even though Paul said he would be right in commanding him to do so, Paul says, Instead, I appeal to you in love. He says, I, Paul, as an elderly man, and now also as a prisoner of Christ Jesus, appeal to you for my son Onesimus. Now, we don't need to be confused there. This was not Paul's fleshly son. We also see uh, the reference here uh, at the beginning of the book of, of Archippus, our fellow soldier. He's probably talking about a soldier in Christ there. He's probably not using literal words there. And he's not using literal word here when he talks about Onesimus being his son. Uh, he is a son that is... Uh, Paul led him to the Lord, and therefore Paul wants to see him continue to grow in the Lord, continue to do the Lord's work. And so when he says son there, I don't, we don't need to have any confusion that this is Paul's blood relative, but one that Paul has led to Christ Jesus in the same way as he led Philemon to Christ Jesus, which may be what he meant when he said, and besides this, you owe me. When he's telling Philemon, I'm asking you to do the right thing, and don't forget that you owe me. Paul kind of slid that in there at the last minute. And that's possibly Paul saying, look, don't forget that you also were one day lost, and you got saved by hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ, just as, as, as Onesimus now has too. Just as you, Philemon, are a son of God through hearing the gospel through me, and by the power of Jesus, so is Onesimus. So Paul says... Uh, I fathered him while I was in chains. That is, he was in prison. So uh, this event that occurred when Onesimus became, uh, came to Jesus Christ and became a servant of Jesus Christ happened while Paul was in prison, which could have been uh, many different occasions because Paul was imprisoned quite a bit. He said, oh, Once he was useless to you, but now he is useful both to you and to me. Now, as a, as a slave who had done Philemon wrong, uh, he was of no real use to him. But Paul is saying, look, he's a changed man. He has changed his life. God is working in his life. God is using him, and now he is both useful. useful. He is useful to Philemon, not as a slave, but as a brother in Christ, as one who can perhaps help their house church grow or minister in that area. He is useful to Paul because he can be the feet of Paul. While Paul is imprisoned, here is Onesimus who can go out and who can do the Lord's work. As Paul mentors him and builds him up in the Lord, Onesimus can be the hands and the feet and the mouth to go out and preach the gospel and spread the gospel to other people. So Paul is telling Philemon, he is useful to us. Onesimus is useful to us, and more importantly, he is useful to the Lord. So in verse 12, he says, I am sending him back to you as a part of myself. 
Now, this, is, this has probably got to be tough. I think that this shows us a lot about Paul's heart as well as Onesimus' heart. They were living out the right thing. Paul and Onesimus didn't have to contact Philemon at all. They could have kept on doing their work, and Paul could have said, Oh, you're forgiven. You can, you can go on and do the Lord's work. You're free of that. That's in your past. And they could have gone on their way. But instead, Paul did the right thing. He reached out to Philemon and said, Hey, look, here's the situation. And I want you to make the right decision. I'm not forcing you to do anything. I want it to come from your heart. I want it to be genuine. And so here was Philemon, who must also have been a pretty stand-up guy. It's evidence that his life was changed, I think, by the fact that he was willing to go back uh, and, and stand before Philemon, who he had done wrong. And so here is Paul and Onesimus, who are both doing the right thing, who are going back to Philemon so that Philemon will make the right choice. Now, we don't see in the book what choice Philemon makes, but we see Paul speak highly of him, and he says that he believes he's going to do the right thing and over and above the right thing. He's going to do exactly what needs to be done. Let's read a little further. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent so that your good deed might not be out of obligation but of your own free will. For perhaps this is why he was separated from you for a brief time, so that you might get him back permanently. Now, when he's talking about getting him back permanently, I don't believe he's speaking in the language of a slave there, but he's speaking in the language of a brother in Christ. He left on bad terms and a bad situation, but as the scripture says in Genesis chapter 50, uh, the Lord can take what the enemy intended for evil and he can use it for good. Now, while Philemon might have done wrong, through this process, uh, God had given him grace and he had accepted Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, uh, Paul would say that, look, this is a good thing because now he will permanently be yours as a brother in Christ. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave. As a dearly loved brother, he is especially so to me, but even more to you, both in flesh and in the Lord. And in verse 17, he says, So if you consider me a partner, accept him as you would me. Now, Paul is using different language here. He's not referring to Onesimus as a slave. He refers to him as a partner, as an equal to them in Christ Jesus. as not one that should be looked down upon, but one who has received the same grace that Paul had received and the same grace that Philemon had received. And this is a beautiful book, not that, not that Paul preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ so much, but he lives it out. He lives out exactly what Jesus would have done and what Jesus did do. I can't help but think when I read this book that, boy, Paul is, is, is living out exactly what Jesus did for us. If we think of Philemon as God, the one who is, who is over us, and we sin against God and we do evil things to him that are worthy of punishment, we can think of Paul as representing what Jesus would do. It's saying, look, I know that this one has wronged you, but I want to pay the, the penalty for him. Whatever wrong is done, add it to my account. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did for us. He probably didn't have to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because he is talking to people here that it would appear, based on his language to them at the beginning of the book, are strong, mature Christians. They knew the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul wasn't telling them what to do. He was showing them what to do. 
He was acting it out. He was saying, look, I want to take whatever wrong that this man has done, whatever Onesimus has done, and we don't know what it was, but whatever wrongdoing that he had committed, Paul said, charge it to my account. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ did for us. When he died on a cross, he was saying, whatever wrong that they have done, Father, charge it to my account. Whatever is owed for their wrongdoing, I will pay it. And Jesus Christ did just that by paying with his life. And this is a beautiful story about Philemon and about Onesimus and about these people in the early church and how God uses them because we see these names mentioned throughout the Scripture. These are not just some random people that Paul knew briefly and never knew again, but this was a, this was a group of people. This was a network of brothers and sisters in Christ that were spread all around that land who were working together. Whether they were in prison, whether they were here, whether they were there, they were all going back and forth to take care care of one another. And Paul was not just preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. He was living it out for them. And we have to ask ourselves, are we doing that? Are we preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to people? Well, if we are, praise the Lord, we should do that. But sometimes our actions speak louder than our words. Sometimes we may be in the right, just as Paul said at the beginning of the book. He said, look, I would be right in commanding you to do this, but I appeal to you out of love. We don't want to be those who call people out, even though we may be right. Sometimes we may need to take a step back and we need to handle situations out of love and let uh, people come to the right conclusions on their own. It will make far greater of an impact when people step back and say, you know what, this is the way I should be acting. And we get a far worse reaction when you say, you're wrong, this is what you should be doing. Even if we're right when we say that, it's better for them to come to that conclusion and for us to handle that delicately, some, uh, delicately sometimes. And that's exactly what Paul did for Onesimus to Philemon here. And I like to think that this situation, that this story ended out for the better. Paul was writing to them saying, look, I'm coming back to you. Prepare a room for me. Paul was longing to be with these people who were brothers and sisters in Christ. And he was trying everything he could to not let a bad situation break out. But he was trying to keep everything together by being the example that we all need to be. By following the example of Jesus Christ. He lived it out and we need to live it out too. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight and we thank you for this beautiful story. We thank you for how Paul uh, handled the situation, dear Lord. We thank you for the simplicity of this book. And we thank you for these brothers and sisters we read about that were doing your work way back then, God. That we are carrying out to this very day, doing the same type of thing, God, just meeting together. So God, help us to uh, deal with one another in love. Help us to act out what you call us to do. Not just preach the gospel. Sometimes we don't even need to open our mouth, dear Lord. We just need to love on people. So help us to do that. Perhaps we are like a, a Philemon, dear Lord, and we have someone in our life who has wronged us, and we need to forgive them, dear Lord. Perhaps uh, there are other situations or other things going on. Perhaps we're like Onesimus, dear Lord, and we have done someone wrong, and we need to come back, and we need to uh, apologize, dear Lord. We need to ask for their forgiveness. And as tough as it may be, dear Lord, as tough as it might have been for Onesimus to go back to Philemon, Dear Lord, it may be tough for, for us to go to those that we have wronged. But help us to be strong enough to do the right thing out of love, dear Lord, to bring glory to you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.